My name is Chris Evers. I'm the editor and publisher of the Outer Limits magazine, and you're listening to Inside the Goblin Universe. Hello again, folks, and welcome to another edition of Paranormal UK Radio Network's Inside the Goblin Universe. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Ronald Murphy. I'm Brian Bowden. I'm the other host. And we are going to have an exciting show today, Brian, aren't we? Yes, we have a very, very exciting show today. It's the season. Tis the season, and we're not talking about Christmas. <laughs> That's right. Tis conference season, I tell you. Yes. The uh, birds are building nests, and the sun is shining uh, for the most part, uh, and uh, it's getting warm, and people are thinking about heading outdoors and seeing some of their favorite paranormal researchers give lectures in, in these great halls around the world, and that is what the program is about today, because we're going to be featuring, as our guest today, None other than Chris Evers, and he's going to be putting on a great UFO and paranormal uh, conference over there in uh, in the UK, uh, which is, I believe, it's September 9th. Is that correct, Chris? That is absolutely correct, Ron. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Say hello to the folks there, Chris. Yes. Hello, folks. <laughs> hello, folks. How are you doing? No, no, it, it's it's actually, we're, we're very honored to have you as part of our show. Um, so before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, um, I always am interested in what got somebody started in this crazy world of the paranormal um and so tell us a little bit about your background what was some of the the great moments that really kind of opened your eyes to you know what we on this program call the goblin universe mm-hmm. um well first of all i'm going to complain because it's not sunny here it's actually raining at the moment so you, you guys are lucky over there no it's um, same here same here right now okay right, okay <laughs> well ron's a lucky one very english right now Oh, yeah. Um, It's it's overcast. It's overcast, but it's kind of warm, so. Okay. What actually got me into this was going back, way, way back to the early 1970s as a 14-year-old child. Um, Back in those days, as you probably know, guys, we didn't have computers. We didn't have laptops and smartphones and the internet. And we had sticks of wood, which we used to use for guns and and play soldiers and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Good old days. Uh, Yeah, the good old days, yeah. You you could go out and play and not worry about anything, really. Um, One evening, this was a February in 1974, round about 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock time, uh, UK time, and uh, by that time of night, of course, back in February, it's it's usually dark. Anyway, we were playing soldiers on top of this uh, on this field where there was building uh, a shopping centre, what you guys would call a mall. And um, I was hiding away on a, a large mound of mud, and I just happened to glance up at the sky, perfectly clear sky, not a cloud in the sky. And I noticed these two lights moving across the sky. Nothing unusual with that, I suppose you could say, until one seemed to jump over the other one. And they kind of leapfrogged over each other across the sky from west towards the east. And um, about the same time, we had a TV program on, uh, which is made by Jerry Anderson, called UFO. I don't know if you remember that at all, if you had it in the States. But um, I jumped up like an idiot. Oh, look, a UFO, a UFO. But the crazy thing was, as I jumped up and shouted that, right overhead, these lights simply blinked out. I couldn't see them again. Completely clear sky, couldn't see a thing, just completely disappeared. And that bamboozled me. So (laughs) I kind of um, started reading books and and so on, you know. one of my uncles at the time, um, he used to have uh, ghost stories and stuff like that. So I used to read um, books that he had, you know, uh, yeah. true ghost stories and all that. But I actually found uh, Major Donald Keogh, 
And uh, I started reading some of the books that he produced back in the 1950s. Remember, this was 20 years later. For, you know, this was 1974. So these were kind of like the only books that were available to read for free uh, from the local lending library. So I, I started reading, reading those. And that's what actually piqued my interest in the subject. Yeah, there was so, wow. much, so limited um, subject matter available for um, any type of paranormal, especially UFOs. I mean, UFOs pretty much had the forefront of, of the paranormal. But I remember this, this is when Ron and I kind of got involved in this, like, what was that, Loch Ness? Um, we had a program over here called In Search Of, which was just like, mm -hmm. that was like, uh, you know, so addictive because I, I always wanted, like, can we go to Scotland tomorrow? And my dad would look at me like, no, no, not happening. Nope. Yeah. Um, and, and I do remember the show UFO as well, by the way. Yeah, that's classic 70s television. Yeah, it's Straker. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask you a question here, Chris. Uh, I'm always interested in people that have these kind of uh, uh, occurrences happen to them. Um, whenever you saw the lights, do you believe that there was some sort of intelligence operating them that they may have known that you were witness to this? Well, thinking about it logically, that they must have heard me shout. They must have heard me say something. How, why else would they completely disappear and, and just just go, you know, uh, right overhead, completely, you know? I mean, they was quite high up in the sky as well. To be quite honest with you, they actually looked about maybe, oh, I don't know, big, bigger than uh, the Sirius, the star. Oh right, you know, right, right, in yeah. the night sky, they were slightly bigger than that, so they were quite high up, but a completely cloudless sky. It was like somebody had just gone into the into a living room and flicked the light out before they went to bed. You know, it was as quick and as sharp as that. They just completely disappeared. Yeah, there's there's a lot of these stories coming out by, from experiencers that whenever they see something this incredible, uh, the event will go on for uh, a limited duration. But whenever the person is actually becoming more awake to what is going on, actually, yeah. you know, uh, almost understanding what is going on, that is whenever it kind of clicks off. Yeah. You know, it will mm. allow you into the world a little bit, but it's not going to allow you to completely comprehend what's going on. Yeah, yeah, completely understand that. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, my simple question is, you know, yes, um, I believe, you know, my simple answer, should I say, is yes, I believe that they were intelligent, intelligently controlled. Um, what they were, I'm still looking for the answer. But at the end of the day... That's that's what makes up the mystery. You know, it's a great great adventure, really. Yeah. Now, what part of the UK did this happen in? Well, I'm based in Kingston upon Hull, which is on the East Yorkshire coast area. It's approximately halfway between London and Edinburgh, and I'm approximately 30 miles away from Paul Sinclair. Ah, well, hello, it, Paul. Yeah, ex exactly. And it, it, for our listeners that have heard the, uh, we actually had a double show on Mr. Sinclair because he had such a great story to tell. We couldn't fit it into uh, one hour. There's no way of encompassing uh, Paul Sinclair in just 60 minutes duration. So, uh, but it, it's interesting what's going on out there in uh, in this particular region because there's military bases, but. Besides that, there's also a lot of ancient sites around this area too, such as tombs and such, isn't there? 
That's absolutely correct, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, events, as Paul had probably told you, and I did listen to uh, the show as well, and, uh, you know, Paul has, I know Paul has gone into it in great detail, well, as much detail as he could in two hours, because <laughs> uh, I know once Paul gets talking, you know, it, it, can, be, um, it can be quite difficult to stop at times. <laughs> no, <laughs> <things> went, <Paul. laughs> no, it's great. We can have him back as well. I mean, you know, we're well, going to have him back, actually, I think, in June. keep you well entertained. He really will. He's full of knowledge, and he's one of the best researchers I've ever come across. Very yes. thorough, but you yeah. know, it's interesting over over the time period, not knowing the full you know background history of the UK. But what has it been for the last hundred, two hundred years in that specific area of of the kingdom? Um, has I mean, I know that there's uh, there's uh, Hull. They talk about Hull, and when you research that area, Hull UFO, Hull UFO, seventy years, a hundred years, two hundred years. Is this something yeah. that's been known by everybody or not necessarily acknowledged, but known that this is like kind of like a hot spot? Well, it's I think the um, this part of the country is a, is a hot spot. Yeah. I mean, we have events going on in, in what is West Yorkshire. Um, you know, things have gone on there. For example, um, PC Godfrey's event there where he was there abducted, we believe, in, uh, I can't remember where it was now, I think it was Todmorden in, in West Yorkshire, and that's going back to um, round about the same time as the uh, Rendlesham Forest incident, if I remember correctly. Uh, so things have always gone on in this area. In fact, one of our speakers at the conference, um, a gentleman by the name of Mike Covell, yes. he's actually found a case which we believe was the first of its kind in in England, uh, which goes back to 1801, where um, a mysterious blue orb blue light was seen off of Kingston upon Hull, which is the city where I live. And he's going to be talking a little bit more about that at his conference at the conference. Yeah, Michael, uh, I remember I just did a little research on him as well and he said something to the fact that there was a recently UFO that was the size of like a Death Star. He was yeah, talking about yeah, yeah. I mean that's yeah. a massive craft. Yeah, well, yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a little bit about that, but I've got to be completely honest, Brian. I haven't looked into that. I've just been far too busy <laughs> organising the next issue of the magazine and, you know, getting ready for the conference and publicity for the conference, etc., etc. Yes. And uh, now I'm a cryptid guy there, Chris. What kind of uh, strange little creatures are, are going bump in the night around Yorkshire? Well, um, in this area, it's uh, we have um, something called Old Stinker. Which um, I know, I think you discussed with Paul the werewolves. Yes. And um, we have Old Stinker, which is based on the River Hull corridor, which runs from the River Humber right up to uh, Driffield, which is a small market town, um, ooh, approximately 20, 25 miles away. So it's kind of like runs up to the area where Paul is, and that's been seen over the last couple of years in, in the whole area, um, walking on two feet dog-like in appearance and um, I think it's a werewolf to put it bluntly. Well in the US we have the dogman that's the new phenomenon over here and so instead of calling it the werewolf we call it a dogman because it seems to be some sort of upright canid type of creature but yeah. again here in the United States you know we're you know you know 3200 miles away what have you um, we are having these same type of creatures seen around um, rivers you know it seems like they're using these things as corridors or whatever. Yeah, what we have to remember as well is that out-of-place animals or strange creatures are quite often seen with UFO sightings as well. Yes. So, you know, there is an increase in the UK as well at the moment in sightings. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? They could be related. And one that's of those, right, that's right. One of the things that we were discussing with uh, Paul is, is the, the burial mounds that are there, and these type of cryptids and creatures 
are known for hanging out uh, cemeteries, um, which would be burial mounds for you. I don't know what the reason is or the purpose, but um, yeah, they're they're all over. Uh, the Native Americans in in the U.S. used to refer to it as a Wendigo, um, yeah, or, or a Skinwalkers as well. Yeah, uh, people yeah. that change. But um, as, I guess it's it's a pretty scary looking uh, creature uh, when you start researching it. As Ron has he's the guru on this. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to come up against this, and uh, I'm going on investigation in the next couple of weeks, where um, there very well may be one there. <laughs> well, well, let's put it let's put it this way, gentlemen. It's not something you'd like to bump into on the night home from the pub, is it? So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And you also have a, a sort of a version of our what we would call Bigfoot over there in your uh, well, colloquially, it's called the Yorkshire Giant, which is one of these you know giant fairy-like creatures. It's definitely from the fairy realm that will has a tendency to waylay travelers along the road at night. Yeah, well, I understand that, but I've got to be completely honest, Ron. I, I don't know a lot about that, to be quite honest with you. I wouldn't like to make a comment on it, to be to be honest. I do know up in Scotland, um, there are tales in Scotland of a, of a Bigfoot-type creature up there. So, you know, so I, I have heard about that recently. Yeah, yeah it's just fascinating area. Yeah, the the, the Grey Man of Scotland, uh, uh, Ben McDewey is, you know, one of yeah. these, you know, great sites where it's uh, supposed to be uh, to be sighted. But whenever I was able to do some research in Scotland, I went up into the Ben Nevis area, you know, up into yeah. the, uh, the Fort William area. And yeah. there's tells being told up there as well. You know, the wild places that still exist around the world, this seems to be the, the location for some of these legends still to be walking around in some sort of corporeal physical form. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you. Yes, so, yes. But, but the idea of UFOs, oh, no, I'm sorry about that, no, Brian. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm no. starting to get excited here with this, this, this line. <laughs> of reason that we're going on. Because back in the 1970s here, I'm in western Pennsylvania, and there were sightings of Bigfoot and UFOs at the exact same time. Sometimes mm -hmm. these Bigfoot creatures even exiting UFOs that have landed in farmers' fields. So this is a very you know exciting subject for me to get into. It is. It's very interesting. You're gonna have to. I'm gonna to have to start looking into that, Ron. Now you've got me going now, man. <laughs> well, it would, it would be great for the magazine because I mean, there, there seems to be a correlation. A nice article. You know, yeah, yeah, the correlation is there. Um, lots of it up in. Um, I think it's uh, Washington State, Ron. Where uh, I forgot the name of the farm. Uh, you go. You can actually go to the property and you know reserve a room and you can sit outside in the backyard and have a nice drink and. Watch the show because there, there are cryptids yeah. there. They, they, there are different type of creatures that are, are known to be there that should not be there. I mean, we're talking about animals that, you know, you come like a, to a certain parts of the world and you, you don't expect to see a rhesus monkey, but there it is, or a lemur. And they, yeah. they just appear. Um, but, of course, as well, you know, as Paul probably explained to you as well, um, the, the we have a, a little hilly area um, in East Yorkshire. We call them the wolves. And I think Paul may possibly have explained about the wildcat of the worlds to you and, and yes. out of place uh, animals up there uh, I was going to say cheaters then but all of a sudden my head thought of Tarzan for some reason <laughs> but, um, you know it's it, there are strange animals in areas that shouldn't be there you know and again as you've said you know they come along with UFO sightings that's right and coming at this from a very uh 
Fordian perspective, if, if you're looking at this as a, a very scientific analysis, some of these animals could be explained away as escapees, you know, where people just let exotic animals loose or whatever. But that doesn't fit the mold for every single one of these cases, does it, Chris? No, absolutely not, no, no. Um, I mean, these animals, uh, I mean, I, I can remember reports in the local newspaper here going back to the 1980s of uh, big cats in the local area, um, you, you know, not, not 10 miles from where I'm sitting. <laughs> and, um, you know, if these animals were there then, you, you know, and they're still seen in the areas, I mean, there must be a breeding uh, population, at least, to keep them going. That's it's, right, that's right. There's got to be something. That, that is, that's... of course, if they are, you know, a natural uh, animal and not uh, UFO related. That's right. That's or, or, or again, like we talk about on our program here, inside the Goblin Universe, is it possible that they are actually finding a portal to go from dimension to dimension or into one reality into, you know, another one? Well, it's, I suppose it's a possibility. Uh, yeah, it's a possibility that these portals do exist, you know, and who knows? Who knows where they go? That's right, that's right. That's why we're in the business of doing this, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I want answers, give me them now. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, you touched a little bit on your magazine. So let, let's talk a little bit about your magazine. What is it called, and where can we get the magazine? Well, the magazine um, is called The Outer Limits Magazine. Uh, it's a free-to-read online publication. It's an e-zine, and... Um, you can find the Outer Limits magazine on Facebook, or you can look for the website, which is quite a long, complicated name. I'll send you that over. Because <laughs> yeah, we'll it's a free post it. site, you see. It's a free site, yeah. so I can I can send you that. And um, you know, if you want to put that up, that'd be brilliant. Um, the magazine covers everything, um, paranormal-wise, everything from ghosts to UFOs to uh, outer place animals. Uh, parts, artifacts, you know, any, anything and everything, really, that's paranormal. But I will say for the last, what, maybe three issues, it's been mainly UFO-orientated because there is so much going on in that in that realm at the moment. It's, you know, it's, why well, is that thing? You touched a little bit upon our culture. We are a very technologically advanced culture, you know. Everybody has you know, these smartphones in their pocket that has probably uh, more capabilities than um, the computers that were on the first Apollo missions uh, to space <laughs> here in the United States. So why do you think that is? I mean, is it opening us up to see this, you know, technology from wherever it comes from, whether it's extraterrestrial or interdimensional or, you know, Earth-based, what have you. But it does seem to be that there is another... Um, I, I, I guess a plague of UFO sightings going on. It's it's catching and it's spreading. What yeah. is opening up humanity, or why are they opening up to us at this particular juncture? Oh, good heavens, that's a $6 million question, that one. Um, Matt, I haven't got a clue. I really don't know, gentlemen. Um, you know, I mean, some people say if they are a nut and bolt craft, you know, and they're travelling all these miles, um, you know, why do they come and just pop down in a field? Why don't they make themselves known? Again, it's a $6 million question. Are we an experiment that has been put on by the aliens, you know, that that are visiting the planet to make sure we're working properly, you know, which clearly we're not when you look at the state of the world, you know. So why would they want to make themselves known? That's but, right. you know, I think more and more people... I think surveys have been taken, you know, that more and more people are open to the fact that these things do exist, they are visiting us, what the reasons for that are unknown, but more and more people are not going to run 
miles and miles away from this announcement. You know, we're not scared, we're not daft, we're not stupid. We can't accept the fact that these things do exist. That's right, that's right. And there's also two ways to look at this whole UFO conundrum. One of the ways to look at it is a very new age perspective, you know, people sitting around a campfire strumming on an acoustic guitar, you know, that kind of altruistic type of visitation. Or there's a flip side to it that our world governments do indeed know what's going on because how else could you get a ship like the Death Star within, you know, Earth orbit, you know, without yeah. somebody knowing? And that, you know, there's this kind of unspoken or spoken agreement between the world leaders and these, you know, extraterrestrial intelligences, and we're kind of just like pawns in some sort of game. Well, when you think back to the 1950s and the first alleged contacts were made with George Adamski and, and so on and so forth, they were coming as Space Brothers to tell us, warn us about nuclear war and all this kind of stuff. And now they're coming as abductees, uh, you know, to abduct people and do various bits and bobs and experiments on them. So I think the agenda has changed with them. You know, I don't think um, that they, they actually are coming to actually... You know, oh God, I, can't, I can't think of the words here, gentlemen. I'm stuck here. Um, <laughs> it, it's really interesting because there's different reports between some people have like these really great experiences with these these beings yeah. or whatever, and some of them have horrifying experiences. Yeah. And and I've always thought of it, and we we've had plenty of discussion about it. Is um, I, I look at Earth as a giant diorama, um, mm -hmm. and like it's kind of like someone's science project. And sometimes I feel that. You know, with there's too many variables of missing link, and you know, how did this get here? This is an odd oddity, but maybe this was a, a an experiment by these these aliens or whatever, mm -hmm. and they're just you know monitoring the progress of what's going on. I also think that that if you are aware of what happens on specific dates, because you 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 know the history, like you have a big history book in front of you, I think mm -hmm. when you start seeing larger amounts of sightings and crafts. Um, currently, they may know something big's coming, so they want to witness it for themselves. You know, it's one thing yeah. to read something in the history book, like if you read about Muhammad Ali, but when you meet him, it's a totally different ball game. Yeah, know? absolutely. So that would imply then um, that they are some kind of time traveler. Um, if they know things that are going to happen, they may be from the future. They could be from the future, or they know how to manipulate. Um, and, and, yeah, travel through time or... Yeah. Uh, the space-time continuum, yeah. somehow they found a wormhole or whatever. Uh, yeah. It's a very possible thing. Also, we also take into account that there might be different uh, species or different races of these extraterrestrials, and they might have different agendas. So our, our, you know, our space brothers may indeed be out there, but you might have some other ones as well that really don't have that kind of kumbaya attitude towards us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I I used to hear a lot about the uh, uh, the Galactic Federation. Uh, there's a big table with all these different races of, of aliens there, and they're the ones in charge. And it's always they want us to be peaceful. And I'm I'm like I just don't buy it. I can't see it. Um, mm. As people, I mean, I, even enlightened people can't figure out what to eat for lunch. So I don't see the, all these, these different <laughs> aliens sitting there and saying like, "Do we want Chinese or pizza before we go duck somebody?" Um, That's fine. But I do think that there oh, there are observers, and then there are are different classes of like there's there's cedars, there's observers, there there are uh, underground dwellers, and I don't know if they work in concert with each other, but um, there's too many reports of this to think besides the fact of the mental illness factor, there's way too many reports from too many legitimate people that have had these experiences to discredit them. And I think the government's Absolutely. probably realizing that we're waking up to this because we're all connected now. There's no yeah. 
the distance doesn't exist. Um, well, I would say the governments of the world are definitely hiding something. Even from 1947, Roswell, oh, yeah. you know, they, they're hiding things. They don't want us to know certain things. They want us to be sheeple, not people. And, <laughs> um, you know, but they want us to do as we're told, basically. But that's why I'm here. I want to get the... I mean, the uh, the magazine, it says on it, searching for answers. So that is precisely what I'm doing. It's beautifully done, by the way, Chris. I've, I've Thank you very perused much. perused through um, a couple of issues that you have online that, that I've been able to without being pulled away. Um, but it's beautifully put together. And I, I urge everybody who's listening, go over. We'll, we'll put a post a link. We're going to post it on our website. It's being built right now. We're going to post it on Twitter, Facebook, uh, at our Inside the Goblin Universe group. So... It, it's available. We're definitely going to hook you up with there, not only to the magazine, but also information on the conference coming up. So, Yeah, absolutely. This is not your typical easing. This is a very professionally done uh, piece of literature. And that's the thing, Chris. And, and you have people like you have taken interest in the paranormal from outside of the periphery and outside of the fringe and kind of made it mainstream. And that's really what makes these kind of programs, these kind of conferences that you're going to be holding um, so uh, relevant today. You know, it, it's actually part of our vernacular now. You know, we don't have to, like, be meeting covertly in the shadows and talk about this stuff. You know, this stuff is, you know, now made for TV. People want to hear about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in the days, well, back in the 70s and 80s, oh, you're into UFOs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Laughing behind your back, you know. But nowadays, m more people, uh, you know, that they, they want to know. They want to know what's going on. They want to know about these things. They want to know, um, is the life after death, etc., etc. You know, and there's there's so much more out there than we understand. So you know, this is my job to get this information out. That's right. That's and, right. And, then, and then you're doing a great job at it too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Because Thank that's you. the thing about uh, humans is that not only are we trying to answer questions about the universe, it also really allows us to see ourselves in a different light. You know, we are now connected to the stars or you know we have this relationship that spans you know it, it, it's not contained in space and time you know we are we are stuffed of of you know infinity and that's really what really kind of sets my passion for the paranormal because it's just not about you know things that go bump in the night or you know little green men it's about who we are as a people and our place within you know the cosmos Absolutely. Well, what you have to remember is that, you know, we're made up of elements, elements that can also be found out in space. So we're actually a part of the cosmos anyway, you know, in our own in our own build, our own body, our own design, our own creation, whatever way you want to put it. You know, we have elements within us that are from outside of the Earth. That's right. And if, if this would ever come to light, like if the government were, you know, would allow us to open up their secret files or if a UFO would just simply land at Buckingham Palace oh, or whatever. Be beautiful. Yeah. The idea and, and the word that you coined, you actually probably should trademark that there, Chris, the idea of us being sheeple actually changes dramatically. Yeah. Because there's more to the world then than going to a job and making money and paying taxes and dying. You know, we, each one of us individually, have something to say. You know, we are part of this grand scheme of things. So the idea of governments and the idea of rulers and subjugation kind of all falls apart if a UFO would land at the White House lawn. Yeah, that it certainly would, wouldn't it? You know, it's... it's... 
it's one of those things that we all want to happen, but it's very highly unlikely that it will happen. You know, um, the government says to say that they're just happy to carry on what they're doing as long as they're getting their wages every week. You know, they're not bothered. They're not bothered. You know, we're just sheeple, as I say, and we have to do as we're told. Well, I think, right. I think the reason why they don't land at the White House, and I've said this before, is that because they're smarter than us. Why land at the, you know, you're not going to land at the group that's going to repress. These, these entities uh, that, that do exist are well aware of who's in control, who's not in control, who's being manipulated, and so forth. And that's why I think they're coming to the individual level. And it seems to be ramping up to the point where more and more people are okay with it and it's it's i'm i'm thankful it's actually a little bit more out in the open it's not uh, you know like oh, like you said oh you believe in ufos yeah well I, you know when you go to a court or whatever and you have to swear on a bible to a god who i believe in i've never met or seen um that's okay mm -hmm. but if you believe in something that is literally has evidence throughout the globe um even in our skies currently uh that's a problem there's some some issues there. That's why I think they're going to come directly to the people. It won't be yeah. at the Vatican. It will not be at Buckingham Palace or any or the Kremlin. It's going to be massive type of let's make our presence known. And they're going to be landing in places where the government isn't, so that the people are going to turn around and say, now now you're going to listen to us. Um, well, unfortunately, the world landed in my back garden because I've got trees in the back garden. But unless <laughs> <laughs> they can come through the trees, you never know. <laughs> they they no, can go through um, walls. They can go through your trees. So. Oh, absolutely. I, I was just going to say as well about governments, of course. You know, there are there are those that claim that the governments already have a, an agenda with uh, certain alien groups anyway. I mean, I mean, forgive my pronunciation, but look at the Dulce, is it the Dulce yes. event. You know, um it's known and um, people have, have come from Dulcie and said you know this has happened here you know this you know guys you know get your act together they're here already you know let, let's let's wouldn't it be great if it was just like Star Trek and we could all get on together and we didn't have money and and everything you know we, and the world would be such a better place it would be such a better place. That's absolutely the case. Um, but uh, it's always before, you know, and, and we, we will uh, go to the conference here momentarily. Uh, but, the, but the thing concerning abductions, and people are still reporting abductions, you know, even to this day. Do you get reports still of abductions, Chris? I personally don't know. Um, my background, um, I actually ran a group, a local group in the 1990s here in Kingston-upon-Hull called the Hull UFO Society, and we had one or two people come forward with some strange tales, but that's going back 15, 17 years ago now, and um, I actually took some time away from the subject, and I only came back into it about 18 months ago, two years ago, and... Um, I haven't had any reports come to me as such, but I am investigating um, a couple of sightings in the area. That one that occurred in 1967, um, which uh, a group of school children actually saw something come down and land in wow. a local park. And I'm also investigating a, another event that occurred in 1977. It was almost 10 years to the day. And uh, the, again, it involved school children in the local area to me at Warm Village Primary School where they saw something flying across, you know, and there were little bits and bobs in there. I won't go into great detail about it now because I'm still investigating it. Right. But there are little bits and bobs in there that are very interesting, especially with the 1967 event. I've actually had a witness contact me himself about this, so I'm waiting to go and interview him. But Abductions, yes, still definitely going on. Animal mutilations, still definitely going on. You know, 
all linked to the one subject, UFOs. That's right. Yeah, yeah now Carl, Carl Sagan had written, he said that if uh, a civilization is intelligent enough to, uh, to you know, go across space and time to get here, they would only need to abduct one person to get enough DNA for anything they would have to do, and then that would be the end of everything. So since the 1970s, whenever, you know, cattle mutilations came into the front or these abductions are coming in where there seems to be medical procedures being performed, that seems a little terrifying to me because it seems to be much more terrestrial-based than extraterrestrial-based. And if that is indeed the case, then it seems they're going into these biological organisms to see what is happening to them from some sort of outside stimulus and that's whenever you know i'm not a conspiracy theorist by any stretch of the imagination but it seems to be that there's something military going on that they might be testing something on you know on animals or on their very own citizens to find out what's happening to them Back in the 1990s, there was a, a case in Great Britain by the, it involved a lady by the name of Anne Andrews, who I believe has actually come to the conference to actually sit and, and watch the conference. Um, a son, who was known J as Jason, um, he was actually, actually abducted, and their home was right next to a military complex in the south of the UK. So we'll leave that there. That's right. <laughs> so I'll let you put two and two together with that one, gentlemen. Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. When you when you do do the investigation you just mentioned about the school children in the, the 60s and 70s, don't forget about Zimbabwe uh, because, oh, yes. again, right, school right. children, uh, UFO lands right there, and yeah. it comes, the, the creature comes out of the craft. So there, there could be, a, I was wondering, you know, you, you intrigued me because... Um, now my brain's starting to go. I'm like, wow, what is the correlation between that? Is it the same craft, same type of uh, creature? And to see, you know, it's interesting they're picking on the children, but it's actually smart because you have to get to these people and, and humans in general before they're, I'm going to say, brainwashed into either being left or right or pink, you know, pink, blue. You can actually get pure information from them. Um, Absolutely. What they're doing yeah. with the DNA yeah, I think there's some malicious things going on. I think the government is creating things or testing, and I think they still test on people. I mean, they admit to it years later, but um, I don't necessarily think all these creatures or in, uh, aliens are, are evil, but I really don't think that, you know, it's all about love and peace, which I hear from so many people. I'm in a group yeah. um, in New York that we meet monthly, and I have a, that's where I met you on a our website, our, our Facebook group, it's the UFO Roundtable. Mm -hmm. It's started by Paul yep. Greco. And I've been going there for years. Uh, firstly, it came out as a bet. I bet you won't go. And I went. And it was interesting. It was kind of like uh, live X-Files. Um, but, <laughs> you know, Paul knows a lot of people in the industry. We're getting some really great guests there. And it's just great dialogue. But there's too many, like, oh, everything's about love. And, you know, it's uh, Bigfoots are love. And no, no. <laughs> it's not, and I'm not trying to be yeah. cynical or the negative, you know, like the negative person. But I'm a realist. It's not all about love. It's a yin yang thing. It's when there's a lot of good, there's always a little bad, and vice versa. Yeah. So, well, I'll tell you what, Brian. That'll make an excellent article for the magazine. I'll expect that we about Saturday. Okay. <laughs> so get that to me about Saturday. And you can watch my children win. <laughs> uh, are they okay with Skype? Yes, they're okay with Skype. <laughs> You'll never find them at that point. <laughs> but you know what's interesting though chris uh if you did not have your experience as a child we might not be talking to you to this ver at this very time well that's quite true yeah yeah that is true um i mean as i say back in the 1990s when i, I set up the group in kingston upon hull i did actually have another experience there was a couple of us um 
we have uh, the River Humber here, which is it's actually an estuary, it's not a river. And we have the Humber Bridge, which at one point was the largest single span of suspension bridge in the world, uh, crossing the river. And we were about a mile so upstream from this. And uh, we were outside the British Aerospace Factory at Bruff. We, yes, it's a secure area. They build aircraft there for the RAF, et cetera, et cetera. And um, we were actually, we, we were there late one evening, uh, middle of the year sometime, and we had cameras with us and all the rest of it, you know, and we, we stood there and trying to capture something happening, you know, and we thought, oh, we've been here an hour, nothing's happening, you know, let's go somewhere else. We'll go up onto the hill a bit further up there, you know, and, and see what we can see. And as we put the camera gear away, <laughs> this light came down, the opposite bank came gliding down, round about 50 foot above uh, the ground, came over the River Humber, and to me, it, it turned to my right and went up the river towards a, a, a town called Ghoul, um, G-O-O-L-E, not Google, Ghoul, and... Um, I said, oh, look, it's disappeared, look, it's, it's gone up there. And the two other people who were with me said, oh, no, it's going under the Humber Bridge. So it actually come down, split into two, and um, one had gone one way and the other one had gone the other way under the Humber Bridge. And I turned and looked at it and watched it carry on right down the river. So that was my second experience there. So, you know, this, this if you go out looking for things, you will find them. That's right. You know, and, and this is what I love about this show and, and what Ron does and what I do and what all our guests do. We actually have boots on the ground people. These aren't armchair investigators or researchers. There's tons of those people out there. You can actually pretty famous ones that they do the research, they write the books, and they're kind of good books, but you know what? They they really aren't boots on the ground. They don't they don't tread on that water. Uh, we need more people well, to go out there and, you know, get that evidence and it's funny that they they waited for you to put your cameras down it's like oh there they go they're putting yeah. cameras away. okay go 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 now go now sat in there two of them sat there in the craft they're come on let's have a joke with these yeah. these humans down here let's wait for them to put the cameras away yeah I, I, but this is why this is why you see i wanted to do the magazine and i wanted to do the conference because nowadays we rely too much on the internet we rely too much on you know the there are a lot of false reports on the internet, as we all know. You know, I'm not going to mention any yep. any specific groups, but there are some which are panicking now because of this false news, which they're not allowed to post things anymore. But you know, we, we need to get off our backsides, to put it bluntly, and uh, we need to come to conferences, meet other people who have a similar interest, and share our knowledge and and bring it all together under one roof and make people aware of just what is going on. And, and you know, right. one of the things about your conferences, it, it's, and I'm going to, I want to address somebody because we, we've had a discussion about this before. I've seen it too, that a lot of people start, uh, especially on Facebook, oh, you know, how much, why does it cost money? You know, how, what are you going to do with your money? Well, what people don't understand is it's not that expensive. It's usually about in the U.S. $20, no more th than that. Um, if you go at the conference and they, some people have extras there where you can pay a little bit more, you get a reading. But for 10 to $20, you can actually go to a place that has like-minded individuals. You can meet some fantastic people, hear some great speakers. And you know what? There are certain costs involved to put on these events. No one is a multi-zillionaire that can afford to say, oh, yep, yeah, I'll just give it away. Um, there's no, costs involved. And there's also certain areas. Uh, Ron's going up to uh, 
uh, Rhode Island. He's going to be at the uh, Ocean, uh, is it Ocean City or Ocean State Para, Paracon? Uh, yep, the o- Ocean State Paracon, uh, yeah, in, yes, sir. In July, I'm going to try to meet him up there with the, the family. That should be fun. Um, and, uh-huh. and there's certain tax rates you have to pay in advance. You have to bring two checks to this place if you have a booth or you're speaking or doing anything because you have to pay taxes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, but it's exactly the same in, in, in Great Britain as well, you know. We, I have to, whatever money, I'm a self-employed individual anyway, so, you know, I'm actually a photographer. Uh, I specialise in weddings, gentlemen, so if you know anybody who wants one doing, give me a shout. And, uh, <laughs> you got uh, it, we'll promote you know, it. <laughs> um, you know, so yes, I mean, I have tax to pay on, on any money that I make at the conference. But what I want to do with, with this for the magazine, I want to get a professional website built. And I want to be able to fund other events, you know, and make some money so I can do an event again next year. I'm looking at possibly bringing in an international speaker for an event next year if I can get it organized. You know, but first of all, I've got to get this up and running. I've got to pay for the hall. I've got to, you know, pay expenses for travelers. You know, we have one gentleman, Malcolm Robinson, uh, who's coming up from Hastings, which is on the English Channel coast of, of the United Kingdom. And, you know, so he's traveling up through London up to Kingston upon Hull. I've got to put him up overnight. So all these things need to be paid for. And this is why, you know, if, if I could get the hall for free and I could get people to come up for free, it would be free. Yeah. That's right. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, it's something you have to do. And, and it's not that, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with it with people that are putting these things together to actually make some money also and not just pay the bills. Um, we're, it's, it's, what I've noticed is you know, we're, there's certain people in this business that are there to make the money, and it's very blatantly obvious, is it? There's yeah. something coming out soon from someone who's a big name, and it's all about money. And and yeah. anybody you know that he has tons of followers, and I'm just like, wow, this is like a cult. Um, but there's also people that are presenting this, and they're trying to get this thing started, and they want to build upon that to offer this to as many people as possible. It's it's great. Now I think what you're doing is fantastic, and I support it, and I, I believe Ron would, and we'll promote as much as we can for you, you know, and help you out from our, well, our USA very, very base, much, your outer outer limits you. magazine, USA base. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, I will say that, I mean, the tickets for this conference are £10, which is approximately, I mean, forgive my approximation, but around about $13, $14 each, something like that. Uh, I don't know the exchange rate today, but it's round about that. You know, and you get nine hours of views, information, uh, speeches. Uh, I'm going to interview a lady who, who believes she's been abducted, you know, so there's, there's lots of different things going on. I think it's great. I mean, you can't you can't beat it whatsoever i mean you know put down your starbucks coffee or your dunkin donuts um just do it twice in the month you've you've got it paid and you're going to get a lot more uh, caffeinated out out of this conference than you would if you were drinking it so um i think these are great i wish i could be there that's what i wish what you have to remember gentlemen is is that these the information that is coming across we're going to be putting across to people is has been presented to us by credible people witnessing incredible events you know come and be informed that's that's what i'm saying to people come and be informed that's right that's right now let me ask you how um uh, the conferences are held in the uk now in the united states there is so many of them going on. A lot of times, you know, well, the, our, our country is, is, is pretty big, as you know, but, I mean, there's certain areas where there will be, you know, four or five competing on the exact same weekend. That does happen over here a good bit. What's it like in the U.K.? Tell me a little bit about how the conferences are formatted over there. Um, Basically, pick a date and put a pin in it or something. <laughs> That's what I did. Um, yeah. You know, 
there are. I'm running this conference on the 9th of September, and I do know um, there is another one a week later, um, but that's about 70 miles away from me. So, you know, it, I don't think it's going to uh, interrupt what I'm planning and what we're doing anyway, because we've, we are using British speakers, and we don't have any international speakers, which is a good thing, really, because it helps me to keep the cost down as well. And... Um, other events, the, the, a lot of the events going on in the UK are, are well established. Um, there's a, the SPI conference, which is up at uh, Falkirk near Edinburgh. Right. Um, oh, yes. That's that's 9th of July. That's that's you know that'll be a good event to get to as well. And uh, in fact, I'm hoping to get up to that one myself, to be quite honest. Nice. It seems that there's a lot in the north of England. Did you have anything around London though? Um, yeah, there are events that take place uh, down south, but um, I couldn't name one off the top of my head right now. I, I don't know. I think there's an event coming up in the next five, six days uh, that's going on uh, somewhere down south. And I do know another gentleman has got one in Oxford um, a little bit later on in the year, to, and that's to represent uh, Roswell 70, that one. Oh, very interesting. Very cool, very cool. So about your conference, what is it called again? Where is it going to be held? And let's talk about some of the speakers. Okay. The Outer Limits Conference is held at the Freedom Centre, Preston Road, Kingston-upon-Hull, on the 9th of September 2017. Starts, uh, doors open at 10 o'clock in the morning, first speaker will be up at 10.30, and it ends at 7pm in the evening, with uh, obvious breaks and so on in between. Um, some of the speakers we've got, um, Mike Covell, who uh, I mentioned earlier, would uh, be investigating Old Stinker. He's, he's actually... Uh, a local historian, but he specialises in the unusual, the paranormal and so on. He's uh, the gentleman who um, found the what we believe is the first case in the UK, going back to 1801. His talk is uh, 70 years of ufology and beyond. He's going to uh, base it on his own research. Um, he's going to be looking at local UFO reports. He's a pro prolific author. He's actually also recognised as one of, of the world's leading... Uh, authorities on Jack the Ripper so I was that for a bit of something different you know so he's going to be concentrating on flaps from 1909 1913 1947 and everything from 47 to 2017 if you can in his hour you know wow. so wow, that's like talking about all that and of course, yeah. we have a gentleman next to you'll probably know all about. We've got a gentleman by the name of Paul Sinclair. And um, he's actually going to be talking about an incident he's currently investigating, uh, which is in a small uh, town, small village, just south, about a mile south of Bridlington, called Wilsthorpe. Uh, Sorry about the mispronunciation, Paul. Uh, <laughs> um, it's something that involved the military. And it also involves, we believe, 30 blue triangles, so which are flying over the sea. So we, we, he's looking into that at the moment, and he's going to be talking and going deeper into that at the time of the conference. Um, next after that, we have a gentleman by the name of Russ Callahan. Now, Russ is is been interested in the subject many, many years. He actually worked with a gentleman by the name of Graham Birdsell, um, who you may know of. Um, Graham is no longer with us, but he's the former editor, and so is Russ, of the UK version of UFO magazine, which ran from 
about 1994, 95, until 2002 when Graham passed on. And he's going to be investigating, uh, he's actually going to be doing a video reappraisal of 70 years of ufology. And, uh, he's lectured at conferences in Europe, America. He's delivered some of the most compelling video evidence with the secret NASA transmissions, the journey and the extremely popular UFOs have had evidence series. He's going to present an argument as to the authenticity of some of the subject's most infamous cases. But he does believe that there have been some very, very strange and unexplained events over the years, but is everything what it actually seems? Next upon uh, the conference uh, will be Malcolm Robinson. He's uh, the associate editor of Outer Limits magazine and he's actually the founder in 1979 of SPI which is Strange Phenomena Investigations and they have uh, five or six uh, branches now around the UK. Um, his talk is UFO hotspots from around the world. Everything from Bonnie Bridge to uh, Australia, you know the Nullarbor Plains in Australia, Gulf Breeze and other such places, you know, the Nevada Desert, Area 51, Puerto Rico, and the mysterious uh, Northern Triangle in Russia, and Skinwalker Ranch and things like that. So he's going to be discussing all those with us. And uh, uh, our headline speaker is a gentleman who's a former MUFON representative for UK, and he's also the former director of investigations for Bufora, which is Philip Mantle. Now, Philip's been investigating things things since about 1980 and his talk it, it well somebody once said to him you've wasted your life investigating ufos blah 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 <laughs> so you know his uh, his talk is a lifetime of ufos he's going to be looking at some of the uh, his active research from 1980 when he joined the Yorkshire UFO Society with Graham and Mark Birdsell, uh, the editors of, of UFO magazine as I mentioned and he's going to be looking at that that is is He's going to be looking at his, his cases and he's going to be, you know, he's going to ask the question at the end, did I waste my life? <laughs> so, you know, you know that, so that is something to, for people to look forward to. But I've just recently uh, secured um, a young lady by the name of Sasha Claire Christie. Um, she's the lady who believes she was abducted in Wales. Uh, I'm going to interview her live on stage uh, during the course of the conference. And we're also presenting our first award to um, a noted ufologist or ufologists. So all I'm going to say about that, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to know who that is, you need to get your ticket and come on to the conference <laughs> and find out what that is. And yeah. all this for £10. Yep. What else could you do with that? That's probably like the cost of a, uh, a McDonald's value mill or something, correct? Is that about the, the size of it? Well, that, in Britain, that would get you about 80 tea bags, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously, it's, you know, £10 nowadays, it, it isn't worth the money it's printed. It isn't worth the paper it's printed. Oh, on, I know. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's you know, you, money goes nowhere nowadays, unfortunately. But £10 um, would probably get you into the local, local multiplex to go and see some kind of movie or something like that, you know, a couple or something like that. So nine hours of entertainment, if something different. Ten pound. Yeah, that's great. Wow, that's fantastic. I went, you know, like th th that's one hell of a lineup, and I really want to go, but my ticket's going to cost a lot more than ten pounds if I have to <laughs> well, go the fly over. the banana boat still come across? You can always jump on a banana boat and come across. <laughs> I'll leave now, and I'll have, I'll have your article ready. <laughs> I'll have the article ready for me. I, my problem is if I go over there, I know I'm coming back with a bull terrier. So, and then I'll be kicked out of the house at that point. So, I don't know. Uh, but I, I would love to go, you know, 
next year uh, we, we we've got to get plans going, Ron, for uh, a visit yeah. out there. Yeah, well, I'll, so I'll put it this way, gentlemen. Sorry to interrupt you, Ron. Sure, um, sure. I'll, I'll put it this way. If this is successful this year, and to me that's any that's any you know uh, any amount of people more than five, I'll be more than happy. <laughs> you know, if if people come along and see this and it's successful, I am going to do one next year. Whereas uh, where I say I'm looking at an international speaker, and I've already been talking with this gentleman, and he it, it, said he's very interested in coming to do this. So you know, we'll go from there. That's very, great. very cool indeed, yeah. And, and I'm wishing you the best of luck. And then I think the lineup that you have uh, scheduled is who could possibly pass this up there, Chris? Even if you were not interested in the paranormal whatsoever, how could you pass this up? Yes. Well, absolutely. These people, um, you know, I mean, when we look at the amount of years that they're being involved, you know, Philip Mantle, Malcolm Robinson, both 79, 1980. So where are we now? That's what, 37 years or something like that? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a, it, all in all, these, these people have got something like, I don't know, 100, 120 years of experience of investigations. You know, don't miss out, folks. Come and, come and be informed. Yes, that's definitely. right, that's right. Yeah. Although there's a lot of my dad in that too. You know, I'm 48 years old. My dad's about 72 years old now, and he still tells me that I'm wasting my life. So <laughs> let, let's get a lot of people there to to prove all these people, all these naysayers wrong that nobody's right, wasting their lives doing this at all. Well, I tell you what. If you get if your dad is saying to you you're wasting your life, if you pay for his fare, I'll give him a free ticket. He can come. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah, they, you know what? They they just don't understand, and they don't understand that, that this is an interest that it, it goes beyond just the hobby. Um, this this is could be life changing for global uh, people. You know, everybody. And, and if this yeah. comes to the forefront, um, they're real normal people um, that are in, investigating it, and it's not a it's it, you know, think about the craft. The, the people that go into religion, are they wasting their life being a priest or, or, or some kind of religious leader? No, they're not. Um, it's not that person's cup of tea, but it's mine. And I appreciate, you know, like I love doing this. I love finding uh, new, new information. And when I interact with new people, it, tr it helps trigger and get me onto the, another track that I may have missed. So for yeah. my research, but... I don't think it's a waste, and it's really funny because that's what dads do, Ron. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Well, I was yeah. quite lucky. I'm, I'm a, I mean, my mum and dad are no longer with me, but my mum actually always encouraged me to, to look into these kind of things anyway. And, um, you know, it really, once I explained to her what happened in 1974, and I was, she asked me, you know, why are you reading that book? And so I explained to her, and, oh, well, that's interesting. So she always encouraged me, let me find my own way, which was brilliant. But can I, can I just um, make a little statement before sure, I go any further? Sure. I'm really grateful for the time, for, you know, for doing this and, and your time as well, Brian and Ron, and, and, you know, let me put this out about the conference. But the magazine itself, I could not do it without the many, many fantastic contributors to the actual publication. Everybody from Nick Pope, Sasha Claire Christie, Philip Mantle, Paul Sinclair, Derek Tyler. The list goes on and on and on. If I forgot your name, I do apologise. Uh, no offence was intended. But I could not put the magazine together without those people. Yep, it's, and it's a fantastic magazine, and I, I urge uh, everybody to go. We're, we're going to post the link to the site. It is a long link. It's, you know, we'll try to get you a shorter URL, but we'll post it. To our website, to Twitter, well, we're gonna we're a uh, Goblin Universe on Twitter, and also Facebook, uh, our group inside the Goblin Universe group, 
You're more than welcome to join, and it's available, and you're going to see the magazine link. You'll have a link to the show. Um, you'll have a link to the, the conference coming up and, and all the guests. And I'll tell you what, Chris, if if you can put the good word in with the, the crew that's going to be there, if they want to come on and, and talk about what they, you know, their experiences and also promote the con uh, conference, I think we're very more than happy to have you in, in the Goblin universe and them as I'm well. I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, a lot of the guys who are doing the talks for us, you know, will be interested in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get as much promotion and publicity out there as possible. And some of our listeners over there in the U.K. that hear the interesting stories and the intellectual research that these guys are doing, you know, really want to get the word out there that this is, is quite a top-notch conference you got yourself going on here. Well, it's it's you know it's, it goes back again to the you know the many years that I've, I've actually been involved, maybe a little bit in the background and you know keeping myself to myself, doing my own thing. But as I say, I'm mainly now a publisher of a magazine. I, I actually actively really stopped investigating around about 15 years ago. Um, but you know, if something comes up, you never know. I might be out investigating again. But <laughs> it, it goes it goes back to the the contacts that I made all those years ago. You know, working for uh, Quest International, which is how I met Tony Dodd, who. Uh, maybe a name you may know yeah. uh, he's no longer with us unfortunately uh, I met Graham of course who's no longer with us, met Russ, met Philip you know and, and others that have, you know it's thanks to their help and their support that I'm doing this it, it's wow. a, you know there's a, there's a really great wonderful community in the paranormal slash UFO world um, that uh, uh, very like minded individuals Great conversation, great leads, great connections, and no one wants anything from you. They just want this information out. That's it. It's not like it's not a race. It's get it out there. Let people be aware of what's going on um, in this world, and so we we can actually control our destiny to a certain point. And what what's going on with you and the magazine is fantastic. Right, please, everybody in the UK, go to the conference. Uh. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Please go to the conference. You won't be that's disappointed brilliant. in these things. Well, can I can I just say as well, if anybody's got any articles to feel that are worthy of publication, you know, they can they can send them to me. I mean, the, the email address is the outer limits mag, all one word, the outer limits mag at gmail dot com. Sure, and we're going to post that too. Just if they want to submit it, and we'll say if you have something to submit, post it over there. It, it's great. I mean, people. Some some people are timid about this subject because it is still a strange subject. And um, I was at a recently at a, birth, a birthday party for my cousin who works for airlines, and I met a lot of pilots. And it kind of I didn't bring it out. Hey, have you seen any UFOs? But it kind of came out, and they were like, oh, no, 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 in company. But they'd come up to you. Well, there was this one time, and yeah. so you know what? Yeah. It's it's there. It's real. And I I think it's you'll have a fantastic time. I mean, go. Enjoy. Well, it's, it's, you know, it, when, when you think about it, yes, it does have this bit of a stigma, but didn't Christianity have a bit of a stigma at one time as well? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> where? Where? When? <laughs> well, I'm thinking Roman times. <laughs> that's right, that's right, yeah. Not very popular back during the, the reign of Diocletian or anything, that's right. Mm, that's but, uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend, to have you on here for our show. Thank you so much for stepping inside the Goblin Universe with, uh, with Brian and I. Absolutely enjoyed it, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Ron. Thank you very much, Brian. Yeah, Thank and you. we'll we'll get talking to some of the other uh, uh, participants in the conference so we can, you know, let the folks hear more about these these fascinating researchers and see if we can't get that, that hall filled up for you. 
That's absolutely brilliant. I'll let them know you're going to contact them. Hey, thanks a lot for coming inside the Goblin Universe on the Paranormal UK Radio Network. Until next time, I'm Ronald Murphy. I'm Brian Bowden. And we had Chris Evers on with us, and it was a fascinating show. Thank you very much, my friend, and you have a good rest of your day. You too, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Join the Outer Limits magazine at the Freedom Centre, Preston Road Hull, on Saturday the 9th of September 2017, when we shall present a conference titled 70 Years of the Modern UFO Era, featuring the very best in British paranormal investigators, researchers and authors. From Hull, Mike Covell will look back at over 70 years of ufology, highlighting some cases going all the way back to 1801. Bridlington's Paul Sinclair with his lecture on the still-developing Willsthorpe Blue Saucer incident. Following our lunch break, Russ Callahan will present a video reappraisal of the last 70 years of ufology. Associate Outer Limits magazine editor Malcolm Robinson presents UFO hotspots from around the world in this new for 2017 presentation. Our headline speaker is Philip Mantle, the former director of investigations for Bufora and a former UK representative of MUFON, presenting a review of his almost 40 years of investigations. Don't miss the never-before-seen film of a possible Roswell UFO incident witness, featuring a former US deputy sheriff who claims he witnessed bodies at the, at the site. Tickets are only £10 each and available from the Outer Limits magazine website. You can find the link to this on our Outer Limits magazine Facebook page. Or simply email theouterlimitsmag at gmail.com to receive the link. All this for only £10 each? What are you waiting for? Don't miss out. Tell your friends too. Come and be informed. <laughs>